game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Welcome to Bucket. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleagues, Raheem Palmer, who's currently doing victory laps around his Philadelphia apartment over picking the Dallas Mavericks over Phoenix Suns in the second round. And Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst. We are going to break down the Western Conference Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, we are going to break that down in detail. We'll get you best bets for the series and for game one. We'll do all that in this episode. If you have not won, go check out the Eastern Conference Preview where we got into it about whether or not the Celtics were underrated, overrated, or properly rated in the market uh, and have game one bets for you. Everybody, all of us are on Miami. I'm not entirely sure why, given what the other two think of this, 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 of this series, but they are both on Miami. We're all on Miami for this game. Um, let's go ahead and get into our Western conference previews. Make sure to download the action network app. Best way for you to track your bets, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on Raheem Palmer, Western conference finals. Your, I'm calling them your, Dallas Mavericks, you're a Cowboys fan, and now you're a Mavericks guy. Take it on the Golden State Warriors, who you have been saying for months, months are not that good. Since, like, December you've been on, the Warriors are overrated in the market and by the general consensus. What is your best bet for the Western Conference Finals on a series bet? Okay, I think, I mean, look, I'm going to go with the same trend that I went with before. Golden State Warriors to win game one. Mavericks to win the series at plus 425. That's the the pick that I like. I'm not going to take it because I do think there's a real chance. Hear me out. Hear me out. The reason I'm not going to take it is because I think there's a real chance that I think the Warriors could go up 2-0 and I could get an even better number. But I love the Mavericks in this series. I'm going to be taking the Mavericks in some way, shape, or form. I like the Mavericks here. Like, I like him plus one and a half. I think the Mavericks win this series at seven. He finally, so why don't you just bet the Mavericks to win the series? Matter of fact, we're going to go with that original pick. Golden State to win game one, Mavericks to win a series plus 450. I like, I love the Mavericks. In this I series. want the ticket. I want to see the ticket. I want to see the see- ticket after you bet this. Okay. Before finally, it cashes. Show us the ticket that exists before it cashes. He, okay. He finally, he finally bets. He, I, I'm proud of him, Brandon. He's finally bet something that's more than plus 200. This is <laughs> I'm proud too. This is bold. Of, we we, of we finally we finally ruined him. We took yeah, us we finally dragged him into <laughs> betting something longer than 200 and not just a side or total. Brandon, what's your best bet for Warriors Mavericks? My best bet is I am going to take over five and a half games, Ooh. even though it is at minus one fifty-two. You know I hate my wow. My what, what's going on? Everybody's, everybody's. I know. I just, everybody. What's happening? So I, I, I'm waiting in lightly here. I actually, I, I'm not so far off from Raheem on this series. I like the Warriors a lot early. I think the Mavs are going to be underrated and have a real chance to drag it out after the early. So. It's I'm going in lightly. The the two that I want are I want over five and a half games. I want Mavs plus two and a half series because Luka Doncic has played four playoff series now. He hasn't lost anybody but Robo Jordan. What he has done is he's taken every single series to at least six games. Luka always gets it to at least six games. And I like what I've seen from Dallas adjusting and being able to push series longer. 
and be able to have some of that shot variance. They're taking a ton of threes. So I like over five and a half games. I like Mavs plus two and a half series, but it's small bets early because I like the Warriors to win early. So I'm going to get better numbers on those later. I mean, so like, I think, I think we can, we can distill this down to where what both of you actually like. Like, it, it's okay if you say this is your best bet, Roz. Like, wait till after game one, because I think the Warriors win game one and then bet the Mavericks to win the series. Because yeah, you'll that, get like, I mean, a really like. good number at then, right? Yeah. That's, like, that's, what I, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Like, they're plus 185 at that MGM right now. They're going to be like, what, close to 300 if they lose game one? Probably. Those numbers spike. So that's probably the best bet for both of you, right? Rather than messing with the game one parlay, just say like, wait until after the Mavericks lose their first game and then bet. No, but I mean, DraftKings has it, has it plus 450. Yeah, fair enough. So, it's, so I mean, that's, that's a good price there. Fair enough. No, I think for me, Matt, you're right. I think, I think really I will probably just be waiting. I, I, I will, yeah. the way I'm viewing the series is I will look to invest in something on the series later because of how I see it shaping up. Um, okay. Um, my best bet is going to be Warriors minus one and a half on the series win spread um, plus 105. I get plus 105 for Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, a, re- a rejuvenated Andrew Wiggins, game six star Kevon Looney. I'm sure Juan Toscano Anderson will play at some point. Like, look. I'm trying to decide how much I want to go on this, how far I want to go. I'm going to go the full way to get this out of my system, and then I'll come back and be rational. It's very cute that the Mavericks beat a Suns team that absolutely vomited on itself. That's adorable. Congratulations to the Dallas Mavericks. Here's what happened. Games one and two, the Suns beat the ever-loving shit out of them. Games three and four, the Suns lost their mind. They played like drunken toddlers. It was absolutely embarrassing. Game five, they go to Phoenix. They get absolutely smacked. We're like, all right, this is probably over. Game six, they go to Dallas. Now, a lot of teams in that spot win that game six. All right, last game in front of a home crowd. You get the shooting variance. You get it done. Game seven, the Suns, like, we can agree. They had a 58 offensive rating at half, fellas. Is there any defense in the history of the league that we would attribute that to the defensive side of the ball for? The answer is no. Like, we would not be like, well, the Pistons could force you into a 58.7. No. We would not be like the Spurs in 05. No. Not the Detroit bad boys. Uh Uh-uh. No team would we ever be like a 58.7 over 24 minutes of basketball is because of the defense. That's because of the offense. That's because of how much the Suns absolutely imploded. Whether it was dragging Chris Paul down at age 37. Steph Curry is not. Or it was Devin Booker talking too much and not being able to back it up. Them not giving the ball DeAndre. Like, guys, I went back and watched this morning. Like, Davis Bertans was plus 7.1 in the series. They let Davis Bertans beat them. And we're like, well, I guess we can't target him. Oh, well, no way to take advantage of Davis Bertans. Steve Kerr is going to find out a way to to beat Davis Bertans. That's going to happen. Ra's very big on the shooters, on the shooting. Mavs have all these shooters. Snipers, I believe he's referred to them. Are we really talking about getting into a three-point contest with the Golden State Warriors? The Warriors have looked bad at times, and in those times when they have hit their absolute floor, that has influenced, I think, people way too much. 
because we look at the kind of performances they had in games one and two versus Denver that they had throughout that series where they shot very well. And in games like game six or game two, like the Warriors had all sorts of good shooting performances and will continue to do so. I do not look at this Mavericks team. I'm sorry. I don't look at this Mavericks team and look at them as one of the best defensive teams that we've ever seen. You're just going to, you're going to have to do it again. You shut down the Suns, who literally did not take three pointers and literally played like they were drunk. Congratulations. Much credit to them. Luca is that dude. But I will take the Warriors minus one and a half here. They are a much better team. They have a tactical advantage. The Mavs have not played a five out team. They have not. They played two teams that didn't want to do it. We talked all year about I mean, about how the, the, Suns... the, the Warriors aren't really five out at this point. Like, Draymond is not shooting. That's fair, but what you really got is you've got Draymond acting as playmaker. Like Draymond, if it was if Draymond was a non-entity, I would agree with you, Raw. But if you mm-hmm. leave him open, he's gonna put pressure on you off the dribble, driving and passing. That's how they that's how they hurt you. Yeah. Like I hear you, Dray, but Draymond's honestly hasn't been that, and those lineups have still wrecked teams through the years. And if I look at it, I'm just like it's Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell versus Draymond Wiggins. Kevon Looney, I don't think they're going to have as much success. I don't think that they're going to be like part of it. They space Rudy Gobert out, which they that hurt the Jazz. They space DeAndre Ayton out. The Warriors don't care if you space them out. I think the Mavericks will score in this series. I think overs are going to have to be the play because I think they're going to score in this series. But I do not think that Dallas's defense is as good as the reputation proceeds. So I am taking honestly. It may it may not even have to be as good because. The Warriors are going to have these games to where they continue to turn the ball over. The Warriors are 18th amongst all playoff teams in turnovers, and that's playing teams and playoff teams. The Mavericks don't turn the ball over that much, and they're seventh and fourth in turnovers. So there's going to be a game where the Warriors just turn the ball over and the Mavericks are hitting threes. And I think this is a, a really high-variance series because both teams are shooting so many threes. And right now, the Mavericks are the better three-point shooting team. I don't care if Steph Curry's on the team. I trust the Mavericks shooting over the Warriors at this point. You want to say say you're taking Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, Spencer Dinwiddie versus the Splash Cousins. I am. They're going to hunt Jordan Poole. They're going to hunt Steph Curry. And we've seen the formula what happens when you hunt Steph Curry. Well, let me ask you though on the that, 2016 finals. Well, let me, let me, but let me ask you that. Okay, they hunt him. What does that look like? Them switching every pick and roll and right. saying, "Look, Curry, you're going to work on the side of the floor." It's it's Luca posting up Steph Curry, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Luca step back fadeaway two pointers. I mean, it's also he's not going to bully ball. We, he's not going to bully ball, right? It's, it's it's also Steph Curry in foul trouble. Okay, okay, that's an interesting. That's an interesting take. Like that's I mean, didn't, didn't we game. just see Chris Paul totally get worn down? Like we, we all saw the numbers I'm sure shared about how Chris Paul got put into action in the last, I think five games more than it was the five most involved defensive games in the action that he had of his entire career on the data. Um, and we saw how worn down he was. And yes, it looks like shocker of shocker that Chris Paul probably had some sort of injury that happened along the way as well. But I do think, I'm in the middle here because I, I agree with a lot of what you're both saying. And I think that you're both dismissing the other side too easily. So I, I agree. I, I think that Steph and Poole 
are going to really get hunted by this is what Dallas does. Like it, it was shocking to me watching that evisceration in game seven at halftime, Dallas is up 30. It, the game is over and the Suns, the Suns had twice as many assists as the Mavericks. Dallas only had four assists on 57 points at half. They weren't like running this beautiful offense. They were just like, you know what? Luca and Dinwiddie are just going to beat you now. We're going to get the matchup we want and we're just going to beat you. And this Warriors defense is not what it was early. They don't have Gary Payton now. I don't know if Otto Porter is going to play. We don't think that Iguodala is going to play. Those are big losses because those are probably the three guys who would have spent among the most time defending Luka Doncic. So I think that the Warriors, as the series goes along, this is why I do get a little worried for them because I do think Steph and Poole will get hunted. I think Steph gets worn down. And the longer the series goes, the less I will like the Warriors, I think. And the more I'll worry about them for the future. Like, I'm really bummed I didn't get to bet against the Suns this round because I thought Chris Paul just was done. Like, I thought they ran him into the ground. And I do worry that that could happen here. On the other hand, Matt, the advantages you said, if things are going right for the Warriors, I agree. The advantages are pretty obvious there. The, the, another thing, too, the Warriors in the regular season against Dallas had a 25% offensive rebounding rate. We know Dallas isn't going to run. So why not just hit the boards and crash it? And we saw that it go well against Memphis. They dominated the offensive glass and got a lot of extra chances. I actually, this is going to sound like blasphemy and shocking. I'm with Raheem. I don't think the Warriors want to get into a three-point shootout uh, against the Mavericks. I don't think that's a good outcome for them because you're inviting variance unnecessarily. Steph shot 39% in the regular season against the Mavericks. They've got guys who are going to defend him. He didn't have great shooting games against them. I'm not saying the Mavericks are better shooters, but if the Warriors limit the turnovers, stay disciplined, and then hunt two-pointers, which I think they can get with ease against the Mavericks, and they did a couple times during the season, and we've seen the Suns, we've seen other teams do that against them too. If the Warriors play controlled basketball, and just don't try to be crazy warriors and beat them the way that they can, then I think they'll be in great shape. I don't know if I trust them to do that. They, they average 13.8 turnovers in the regular season. I, I worry a little bit here, the kind of the Timberwolves thing that we had back in round one of the discipline thing. So I think another thing that you're kind of, that we do get caught up on this stuff is like the on-ball mechanics, right? Here's a sneaky one. The Mavs are giving up the sixth most points off of cuts in the playoffs so far. Their actual field goal percentage on those is really high because when you switch everything, we talked about this in the other series, you don't have any rim protection. Guess who's insanely good at creating cuts? Guess who is the unquestionably best team in NBA history at creating cuts? Your Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to get layups. I don't like Maxi Kleba. And honestly, this is one of the problems with the Suns. The Suns' entire action was Chris Paul, pick and roll, Devin Booker, ISO or pick and roll, all on-ball stuff, and then, like, try and force you to help and then kick out to shooters. It was just, like, all perimeter-oriented. And some of that's, like, what the Mavericks do defensively, right? Like, they're really good at switching, and they have these big, long defenders. But one of the things that's really good about the Warriors is they're, gonna, they're not going to target Davis Bertans by putting him in pick and roll and being like, Steph Curry's going to take him one-on-one. They're going to run Davis Bertans off of situations where he's got to cleanly assess the switch and call it out and make those decisions. And what that's going to result is a layup line. 
just a layup line. I totally agree with that, which is why I love the Warriors early in the series and why I think they have a good but chance you, to go up two games. But I think Dallas adjusts to that. We yeah. saw we saw that with Phoenix. We saw them but, adjust to what Phoenix ran. And we've said we're worried about Golden State's some of those gimmicky things being able to be schemed yeah. out over time. But I'll also say this, I like I'm kind of in the same place you are on Boston in the other series mm-hmm. where I like, all right, well, what if the Warriors win two games because they have all these tactical advantages and the Mavs are tired early and it's 2-0 and then there's a coin flip game and the Warriors come through and now all of a sudden it's 3-0. Dallas is done. I don't trust the Warriors to even come through in coin flip games. Like I, I just I well, mean, I'll look, just I, say this: you trusted the Phoenix Suns a lot to win the coin flip games because you touted their their clutch record all year, my friend. There were no clutch games in that whole series. That's fine. There were literally not a single clutch game in that entire series. <laughs> Do you think if there been clutch games, you would like the Phoenix the Suns would have won them? I, I mean, I like the Mavericks. I said it before. I like the Mavericks in that series. And I, I like them in this series. Like I, I just think to me, this Warriors team is being priced as if they're. The 2015 to 2018 Warriors, and that's not the case. It's- we're pricing them as if they were the team they were the two mo- first two months of the season when they were healthy. Yes, even that. I just I think they got out they got out to an 18 and two start, and then Steph Curry he breaks the three point shooting record, and then he's been around the corner from Larry Holmes status since then. Yeah, like he's 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 not Larry Holmes status, but it's up the block and it's around the corner. He was struggling in, in December. We saw it. My whole thing is this: it's older versions of Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and it's a bunch of kids. Like Jordan Poole, I like, I'll take I love the, him. I'll take the kids over <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba. Dorian Finney-Smith might be the third, fourth best player in the series. No. Here's the one who's actually the third uh, best player in the series. So Luca and Steph, in yeah. whatever order, probably in that order, are the top two. After third is a He's bunch Draymond of guys. Green. It's Poole, Clay, Brunson, Wiggins, DFS, Dinwiddie. The third best player in the series in a tier by himself is Draymond Green. Draymond and that's Draymond why the Warriors Green. are going to win the series. Yeah. Draymond is the swing player in the series on so, both ends. Draymond's defense. I be, no, let me, let me finish this. Okay. Draymond's defense was missing in the last two games. So Dallas won the season series three to one. Draymond yeah. missed the last two or three of those games. Yeah. So Dallas scored, but no Draymond. So who really cares what Golden State's defense was without Draymond? He's the defense. Yeah. And Matt, you, you had talked about this too. Draymond has got to be aggressive and he has to drive and attack because the way to beat Dallas's defense is to penetrate and attack the rim and get into that space. Jordan Poole can do that, but is very hit or miss so far in the playoffs and much better at home. It's got to be Draymond. Draymond, if he's aggressive offensively, can absolutely shred, I think, the parts of Dallas's defense that are beatable. If they just stay home, the, the Warriors, and just try to shoot a ton of threes, I don't know it's going to go great for them, but if Draymond does what he can offensively, he is by far the third best player in the series over any other option. Get out of here with Dorian Finney-Smith against Draymond. No, no, and no. I, Draymond I, 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 is going to pick them apart you. and win the series for them. I, I agree with you. He, he is, Draymond is third. But after that, Jordan Poole could be up and down. Klay Thompson, on any given day, he could look bad. Like, Dorian Finney-Smith might be fourth. He might be fourth any given game, but Jordan Poole might be fourth one game, and Clay Thompson might be fourth one game, and All Star Andrew Wiggins might be fourth one. Come game. Come to my side, Brandon. Join me. I'm already Join on me. your side. I, I've said that the Warriors. He are said win he was the in the series. middle. Like he likes to war. Like I look, know. I'm trying never, to pull him. I'm trying look, to pull him. There's the two. Pe- there's two people that Brandon is never going to go against. Well, two teams. 
It's the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and <laughs> it's Steph Curry in the war. He's not, he's not super wrong about that. I'm, I'm literally wearing a <laughs> Steph Curry shirt right now for the podcast. <laughs> And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 25 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's not a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Ra? Yeah. Did the Mavericks win that series on offense or defense? It's on defense. Okay. So the Suns had a 127 offensive rating in their wins. Yeah. Does that seem high? Very high. Very high. Now, the Suns had a 100 offensive rating in their losses. Does that seem low? Very low. It seems very low. It seems yeah. very low. So here's what we got. When the Mavericks don't play well, they're giving up a 127 rating to a team that vomited on itself and fell into the own vomit. But, I mean, look, you're not giving the Mavericks enough credit. Part of the reason why they vomited on themselves because of the adjustments that Jason Kidd made. What were they? Also- what were they? First things first, it was, we're not going to allow you to put Donkic in the pick and roll. Like that happened through the first couple of games of this series. They were allowed to attack Donkic. What did they, they do? They were to, able to, what did they do to prevent it? I mean, you could tell me better. They, I, didn't. I saw, they didn't. The Suns just didn't do it, Raheem. This is what I'm trying to get to you is like, I'm telling you, if you ask me, like I've gone over the tape like three, four times. I went over it possession by possession. I put it on the treadmill while I was so why, running. Why did they stop doing it? I don't know. This is what's making me insane. I literally don't know why the Suns were just played the way that they did in games three, four, and seven. I have no idea, Ra. I have gone over it and over it and over it. Does anybody have a theory on it? No. The Mavericks fans I know are literally like, we have no idea what the Suns were doing. No yeah. idea. Like Josh Bowe, who writes for MavsMoneyball.com, is like, they literally just threw the ball to the Mavericks for half of the game in games four and seven. I'm not trying to take anything away from Dallas. Luke is that dude. Dorian Finney-Smith stepped like Dor- Dorian. What Dorian has done, he's proved he's all defense. Like that dude's yeah. got to be listed like the top 10 best defenders in the league. Agree, Brandon? Yeah, he's been great. Yeah. That's, uh, that's why I'm a little worried yeah. for staff. Yeah. Like, it's- I, 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 I think my thing is too, I, I just think the Mavericks, I mean, they're going to make Steph Curry and Jordan Poole work in the same manner. And I'm not pricing Steph as the same Steph that he used to be. I'm just not. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. He's not the same, but I'll tell you this. The thing I've always, I've talked about this since Wade and Manu. I wrote a column on this back at CBS Sports back in the day, okay? Age doesn't take your best. It takes your consistency. I can so see let me ask you this, though. Like, the Warriors' defense, I don't think, is getting enough credit here either. The Warriors have a really great defense. Do we but they just played a, they, they just played a team who, like, to me, when I watched that Memphis series, 
Memphis probably should have won game one. They probably should have won game four, and they should have won game six. I mean, the fact that they were had a lead in the fourth quarter said everything to me. And it's the fact that this is a, a Memphis team who can't really score in a half court. The Mavericks can score in a half court. And I think there's some of those swing games where the Mavericks can steal them because they can score in a half court. Like, I think Jaws value proved itself. In losses, guess who's got a better defensive rating? Probably the Warriors. The Warriors. I mean, they played the the Denver Nuggets, and then they Um, played... For the entire playoffs, guess who's got a better defensive rating? They played the Denver Nuggets. Oh, now... (laughs) I'm just saying, they played the Denver Nuggets who were just... I mean, they had a hospital. But the Warriors, but the Warriors were a legit, uh, legit elite, elite defense the entire year with Draymond. Brandon, you got yeah. a point? They were a legit defense. They were great with Draymond. I do worry a little about the defense, though. That They have not impressed me in the playoffs, and they have not really played much. in the Like, Jokic is great, but is playing with guys in a hospital, as Raheem says. <laughs> and they got shredded by John Morant. They're real lucky, I think, that John Morant went out when I kind of did the the post analysis on Grizzlies Warriors, I, I think we kind of just like, oh yeah, Ja got hurt. The Warriors screwed around a little bit and took care of business. They were fine. That series is pretty close. A lot of the metrics in that series are very close. The Warriors won four games, but two of them were one possession games. Like that was not a runaway. I think we're treating the Warriors. I, I think Raheem is right. We're, we're overvaluing the Warriors. The market is overvaluing the Warriors as this this team that's run through teams. They have not run through the Nuggets or the Grizzlies, and the Nuggets and the Grizzlies without Morant aren't really that impressive a competition to have struggled with the way that they did. So I, I think Raheem is right that we have to be careful on the overvalue. Well, let me let me make the argument against at Bet Rivers, Mavericks plus one and a half is minus one thirty-seven. So I have to pay thirty-seven cents for the Mavericks to win or get it to seven versus the Warriors that are, who are overvalued. I'm getting a plus number at warriors minus one and a half for them to win in six games, which is like the most common outcome, right? It's I get plus one Oh five. The numbers only on this series, like it's warriors minus two thirty five because if they put it less, yeah, the warriors are a public team. I agree with you. The warriors are a public okay. team and they're going to be overvalued. So they can't do it there. But when we dig into this, when we start looking at the, at the deeper numbers on this, like what we really got here is like, we got a we got a Dallas team that everyone's super high on right now. Is everybody and super high on it? Yes, everyone is is like in love with Luka Doncic. Everyone right now is like these Mavericks and they're underrated. And like you know who's a great coach? Jason Kidd and Jalen Brunson stepped up and Spencer Dinwiddie. Can you believe that game seven? Never mind the fact that he was complete fucking garbage for the rest of the entire playoffs. Like all of these things to me, the Warrior. The, the uh, to me, honestly, I'm not kidding. I think the Mavericks are more of a darling right now than the Warriors. I think most people are looking at them the way you are, where it's like, they're not, the, what, where's the shooty hoops? Why aren't they Look, I'm, I'm Right now for game one and sports insights, I'm seeing 54% of the public on the Warriors. I'm seeing 71% of the money on the Warriors. Yeah, but, 50, look at, yeah, but look at that though. I'm, I'm, hold on, I'm looking at, let me finish. I'm looking at another odd screen, which I have. And I mean, this is all like Vegas related. Uh, you see the odd screens that I post. I'm not going to say the name of the company. They're getting 64% of the money. Yeah. 64% of the bet. But that, but look at the look at the public though. Like this is I my your numbers prove I'm right, bro. The numbers you know, this show is the, this the public, the public and the money are all on the no, no, no. The public's not. The public's 54%. We're within no, five saying, percentage points. And in the other app, I have 64% of the public is on the Warriors. Okay. So it's like 
I don't know. It just feels like the Warriors are going to be getting the bulk of the action. And then take so, that war, then take that Mavericks plus five and a half of that better team. I can't, bro. I, can't I can't do it. You know, I come mean, on look, now. Come on, don't look, worry about that trend. I, I, like, I like I like the Warriors in game one. Don't worry about that trend. Come on, why I'm why I'm stuck a, in the middle on this is I agree with Raheem that I think the Warriors are a little overvalued in the market right now. I don't like this matchup. I don't love the matchup for Golden State. I don't either. I think Dallas can give them some real problems. Dallas is going to shoot a ton of threes. They did in all the games this season. They were basically shooting 40 threes a game. They're shooting more threes than the Warriors. I know we think the Warriors shoot a ton of threes, but they really never have. They just make a lot of them. And so the thing, though, that still has me on the Warriors' value is that I like them a lot in game one and game two. I like them at home. They get a home game seven. If the home thing was flipped in this series, I would really be looking at Dallas here and be worried for the Warriors. But the the home advantage on both ends of the series evens out the overvalue thing for Golden State to me. I, I think I think you're probably the best on it at playing the over on games. I think that's a really like yeah, that, that's, that's a, probably I think that's the play. Like, that's a really because I was but it, okay. So one thing that kind of happened on the first round when I was trying to analyze like where where I went wrong on Nets and and Wolves right was like what does the matchup tell you? And then like, what's, what is the, the quality between the teams? Yeah. And like, that's, that's, that honestly explains where we're at because I think the matchup is like, it's fine for Dallas. I don't think it's awesome. Like I don't look at Dallas and go like, like the, it's not like we're, we've been all year. Like, Oh man, if the Warriors have to face the switching team, right. Yeah. That's, that's not what we're worried about. Right. Like, is there anything on Dallas out, outside of man, Luca's awesome. And their shooters or snipers, which like, yeah, they're a good team. Is there anything about the matchup in particular that we're just like, we hate for Golden State? We certainly don't hate it. I just think that Dallas's formula is a dangerous right. underdog for yeah, them. Yeah, that yeah. Gives them a chance. Yeah. yeah, so that's I, what I'm saying. I, I, now. I, also, I also think, I mean, the Warriors, they turn, they play so sloppy and they're playing against a team who's not going to turn the ball. By the way, do you remember when Ra was all about offensive rebounds, Brandon? Do you remember when that was a big deal to him? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, I mean. So, like, that's I, suddenly not a big, that's suddenly not a big deal. That's. That that is a I mean that is a big deal in the series, but I I just think the Warriors turnovers. I mean, look, like to me, in that game six, as much as the Warriors turn the ball over, Whoa. if I gotta hit you there though, why does it matter if the Mavs don't run? Because they're still gonna score off of those turnovers. Are they? They just did against the Suns. They killed the Suns. The Suns were yeah, turning like over we just left saw that and happen. right. Like we look in game six, the Warriors they turned the ball over like 13, 14 times in the first half. And the Grizzlies couldn't get separation because they didn't have a their star point guard who could get them a shot in the half court. The turnovers question is it was a real sticking point for me because Phoenix, Phoenix's whole thing is we don't turn the ball over. Chris Paul doesn't turn the ball over. And then suddenly for the last five games of the series, they were just throwing the ball to Dallas every time, like you said. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But I, Dallas. If that's a real thing, then that's a big problem this series for the but that, Warriors. But to me, that just gets me back on the Warriors because I'm like, that's within their control, man. Like, they're, is it they're, how is well, it? No, no, they're control? they're a turno- I've been saying this for years. They're too sloppy with the ball. You're absolutely right, guys. But my point here is like, we're taking you're, we're taking the the Sun series data points when we don't uh, when we can't. Ex- they didn't blitz the Suns. They didn't force the turnovers. The Mavs weren't like a crazy, like they don't, they don't play a scheme. And we always talk about these teams like the Wolves that play the style of trying to force turnovers and how that doesn't hold up in the playoffs. But with Dallas, it does. I mean, it's not about Dallas. It's about who Golden State is yeah, as a team. Like they've always been a team who have turned the ball over. Like that's just what they do. I mean, we saw Steph Curry 
literally throw the ball behind his back with a minute to go in the NBA Finals. Like that's this is what they do. They just do stupid stuff. Because yeah, but we also know, we also know that the we've seen Luka Doncic also be a guy who tries to do it too much on his own. That's true. But I, I think that could work into their advantage as they try to hunt these little guards. Yeah, I agree. This is not about Dallas forcing turnovers. This is about them accepting the turnovers that the Warriors can't get off of. Uh, so, Ra, you're on again. I think it's weird that both of you like the other side in the series, but like the other team in the in the game ones based off of the historical precedent. Like, I just need an acknowledgement that you understand that that's weird. Oh, what's weird? I mean. The team that wins game one wins 80% of the time. We went over those numbers. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely can acknowledge it. I, I acknowledge it. And I, like I it's, think- it's, it's fine that this is, a, this is a one-time thing and you're playing the spot and not the trend. Like, yeah. I, I respect that. I respect yeah. that completely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, look- I just want acknowledgement that it's weird that we're telling people, I really like the Warriors and the Heat. I think the Mavericks and the Celtics it, are going to win. It, it, is, it, is, it is extremely weird. And I think, look, I think I've been here two years now. Throughout the past, I'm typically fading those teams altogether off these game sevens. I just think this is a unique situation where I think the Celtics are a championship team who just kind of caught, got caught in a bad side of the bracket. And then with the Warriors, I mean, you guys know my fellows on the Warriors. I just thought they were overvalued this whole year and just being treated in a certain manner. And I just think, look, one thing I want to explain is that when you look at the entire course of the NBA, and this is why I had this tweet about the, the Mavericks or the Grizzlies making the conference finals. Look at the entire course of the NBA. If you're like, if you look at the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousand outside of the nineties, where you had Carl Malone and a 35 year old Carl Malone and Michael Jordan winning MVPs and dominating the league. This has always been a young man's league. I think the nineties are an anomaly in the sense that it was kind of like a lost generation. So you had guys like Glenn Robinson coming in as a rookie saying, look, I need, a 13-year contract, give me $100 million. Like, I always look at the young guys from that generation as almost being lost. So other than Shaq and, and Penny, there weren't a lot of young guys that really step up and take the throne from Carl Malone and Michael Jordan. But outside of that, the young guys have always stepped up and just snatched it. And I think that's why I just I, – when I look at the landscape of the league, I look at Chris Pauls, 37 years old. Sons, they're highly dependent on him. I look at the Warriors. Clay Thompson coming off of uh, Achilles and an ACL injury. Draymond Green playing small ball five. Steph Curry, older. And I just felt like we're looking at a league where the young guys could take over. And I think we're seeing that. Like, even with Jason Tatum, like, dominating Kevin Durant. And I just, I feel like this is Lucas' time. So, that's just, that's just I don't know, my philosophy. Brandon, what else you got on this series? Uh, just to be clear, I'm not on the Mavericks in the series. I just think that they, I, I might, I might have to play them a little bit later. I think they're live. Uh, did we do game? Are we on game one yet, or still series? Um, I think we're we're pretty clear on where we're at. Game one, we all like the Warriors in game one for various reasons because of the trend, and I think that they're actually a good team. Um, I'm just kidding. 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 <laughs> okay. So so let me let me add to that then. I, Warriors minus four and a half or minus five to cover. That's my best bet in game one. I like it a lot. We already know the game seven trend. I don't want to play that angle too heavily because we get two days off here in between or three days, however you want to word it, like Sunday to, to Wednesday. However, since the Warriors, and I know Raheem, these are not the old championship Warriors. Since 2015 playoffs, the year that this version of the Warriors, the Steph Clay Draymond Warriors started, the Warriors in game one in a series are 20 and two straight up 20 and two. And 
of course, a lot of those are home games. And of course, some of those, they have Kevin Durant and they have better versions of these guys. Of course, I understand that. But we've talked about like the cutting and the way the Warriors play. I think it really is an advantageous thing early in the series. In those game ones, as a home single digit favorite, like they are here, the Warriors are eight and two against the spread in game ones. So I, I love the Warriors to win game one here. And in, and by the way, the Warriors are eight and three as a single digit home favorite in game two. So this is why I like the Warriors a lot in the series and why I think they're already overvalued and then have a good chance to win big a time or two and get even more overvalued, at which point I might have to look a little bit at Mavericks value just, just because the value will be there to even it out. So that's you. that. Let me give you, you, you know, I love my long shots. I, I finally have a long shot here. Long shot for conference finals MVP. I know you think I'm going to say Draymond. I want it to be Draymond. I said he's going to be the, the swing player in the series is 12 to one. We're not giving conference MVP to a guy that averages like eight points a game. We're, just, we're not. I want the voters to do it. They're not going to. Here's my bet. Spencer Dinwiddie, 100 oh, to one shit. conference finals MVP. If Dallas wins the series, obviously Luca has to have a huge series. Spencer Dinwiddie in the two games he's been on the team for had 24 and 17 points off the bench. In those two games, Dallas's bench had a big advantage. If Dallas can win the series, I think winning the bench minutes and Dinwiddie outplaying pool and probably targeting pool has to be a big part of it. Dinwiddie was plus 31 in the two stints off the bench in those games. Again, no Draymond in those games, but these are bench minutes. We might not have a lot of Draymond in the minutes here. 100 to 1, I think that he probably is second on the, on the Mavs in points in the series. I think he's going to, I want his overs in the series. And it, it's, look, it's just a nibble. It's like a tiny, like a tenth of a unit or something. <laughs> this is not going crazy. But if the Mavericks won the series, and obviously they would have to for Dinwiddie to win this award, clearly Luca is the overwhelming favorite to take that award. But if Dinwiddie just has some huge scoring games like he just did in game seven, I think that there's a, a, a possibility for it. Am I absolutely bonkers on it? I know you're just going to say yes. I didn't know that there was a hundred to one. I saw like, <laughs> like 2,700 or something like that. <laughs> I think he's a hundred to one at every book I looked at. I think it was at FanDuel, MGM and Bet Rivers. While we're on conference MVP, let me ask you this. Cause I, I tried to think of it through this angle. So Luka Doncic, I can see, is at plus 200. It's a longer number than the Mavs winning the series. This is a new award. We've never had it before. We don't know what the trend is going to be. I think we assume the trend will just be that it's going to be like a finals MVP award where whoever, who is the best player on the winning team who was good in the four games that they won? Hooray, you won the award. We don't have that precedent set, though. What do you think about playing Luca at two to one to win conference MVP, knowing that there's an overwhelmingly high chance that he wins it if the Mavs win the series? Or could Luca actually win it in a losing effort because we don't have the precedent that we don't ever do that? This isn't finals MVP. We don't need this for their historical records and NBA 75 lists. Nah. nah. Uh, look, I, I think, I mean, they got this idea from baseball. And I think it's going to follow that precedent. And then it's not like we're going to have different people voting. It's going to be the same people who are voting for the finals MVP. If you're going to go, by the way, if you're going to go Luca to win finals, if you're going to go Luca to win Eastern Conference or Western Conference finals MVP, just bet him to win finals MVP. 
like they won the series bet him to win the finals MVP and be my bet. I don't think um, the voters will just, they'll want to give respect to the winning team. And I, yeah. I don't think there will be any line that will be able to overcome that differential. Like even if it was a game seven and Luca was absolutely insane. I can't see it. If you want about it, like you can, I'll let you, I'll give you an episode of victory lap. I'll give, like, I would just sit here and, and yeah, that, would, that would be incredible. Uh, I'll just sit here. here, here and, here's like, what I'm not going to bet it, but I've said multiple times this episode, I'm going to be looking for probably for some, some angle on Dallas. I may come back five days from now or whatever, after the, the Warriors are up 2-0. that point might be where I bet Luca conference MVP. That might be a spot. Uh, yeah. I will say, by the way, a 10 to one spot. I like is actually, mm-hmm. you're going to think this one's even crazier. Uh, it's Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins is not an insane one. I think that he could have a huge, like if you're looking at, wow, that's interesting. Like he scored 17 a game and he really hurt the Mavericks on cuts and got like lots of like, he hit that big jumper in game four and uh, he had all these rebounds and he defended Luca for most of the series. And he held Luca to 30, 10 and 10, yeah. the inaugural I guarded Kawhi. LeBron James award. Yeah. The Andre Iguodala Kawhi one. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, like I think there's, I think there's value on that. I don't know. Um, I just, I again want to go back to this just because I want, I want the listeners to, to hear it in the, in the conference semifinals. Um, when a team goes up to nothing, they are 56 and six at 90%. They've won the series 56 times and lost it just six times. Overall, when a team goes up 2 0, it's 267 and 20. And we're kind of suggesting that the Mavericks might be a team to do that. I think for me, it's, it's partly the Mavericks. I think it's both sides. And again, I, I, I took the Warriors in the series. I expect the Warriors to win the series. Okay. But the Warriors profile to me like a team that could be one of those six because the Warriors love, love to go up 2-0 in a series and then be like, done, we got this. Yeah. We're already in the next yeah. round. We're out yeah. already. Yeah. Like they absolutely are a team, number one, to come out and lay a giant turd and lose by 40 in a game just because they didn't show up that night. And number two, to blow a game late because of stupid turnovers or heat check threes trying to get the dagger. Like that's part of who the Warriors are. You can't take that away from them because it's their identity. So mm-hmm. they can blow games that way. And look, we all agree. We, we all said we like the idea of the series going long. If we like the series going long, now you have the best player on the other team in a long series. We just saw how that played out against the Suns. That has to mean that Luka has a chance in that scenario. So to me, it's a Mavs have presumably, possibly the better player in the series, the best player in the series. They've got still the three-point thing with more volume on that side. And the Warriors profile is a team that can throw games away. So that's why I would want to be careful with that. I think I've bet against the better, the better player in the series in almost all of the series. Like, I think most mm-hmm. of the series I bet against the better player, which like I've done. Okay. I came yeah. back after the, after that tough first round, but I bet against the, the better player in most of these series. And um, I will say this. I, I just think we can all kind of agree that the better value is going to be after the game ones. Yeah. We kind of agree that on the series. Yes. Yeah. In both series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, um, if you're looking for Mavericks, definitely wait until game one. I think if you're looking for Warriors, your price is going to get steep after that game one, but you just, you don't have to worry about like Lucas steals game one and all this, like kind of, you know, get him one in the, one in the bag. Um, mm. What would be, uh, uh, before we get out of here, what would be the most surprising outcome 
you like rye i assume it would be like warriors sweeper warriors and five um sweep either direction really yeah i, I can't see that these teams gonna sweep swept. I, I can't see a sweep in either series okay um brandon definitely the shocking outcome to me would be the Mavs winning a short series. I don't, I don't see any scenario where that is in play. I could see a scenario where the Warriors, because they went up to well, just took care of, of quick business, but I can't see a Mavs winning it quickly. The Mavs just like outclass golden state. And then like, we never I, hear from I don't see again because he's just, he's just, running I mean, if, if that happened, it's because Luca has like made the leap to, to like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, what Raheem, what's the opposite of living in Larry Holmes's neighborhood? Like, I mean, he's basically become LeBron. I mean, look, yeah, Jason like, Kidd Le- came out today and said, look, we want Luca to be on a LeBron path instead of the hard path. Now, if, if the Mavs win a short series, it's because Luca moved down the street to uh, LeBron James and Michael Jordan status or what, what, whatever the analogy is for that. That's that's the only way. And, yeah, I, and I just don't see it. I'll say this. Like, I think that's probably the hole in my analysis is I just. I still look at Luca and I'm like, yeah, he's that dude. He's really good. But like none of his efficiency numbers pop. They just don't. I, I, I just, I have to price them. I, look, I mean, look, I said there's two guys to me that I feel like the market does not value fairly in the postseason. And right now it's Luca and Jokic. Like we saw Jokic really make this a series against the, yeah. the Warriors. And I think, Luca could do the same, but he actually has a better team around him. Like Jokic didn't have anybody around. Him. Yeah. Like he had me, Brandon, and you running around with. Yeah, him. he did. He did not have Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> All right, that's gonna wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We'll probably break down a little bit more of what happened with Phoenix, and we'll get you set for Game One of the Western Conference Finals a little bit more in detail. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.